our summer Sundays, instead of doing a whole sermon series, we're doing Preacher's Choice, where we each choose a scripture for a Sunday to preach on. Last week, Dale preached on Philemon, which is not a book of the Bible that we hear about too often, and I heard from many of you that you enjoyed learning more about this book and having it be relatable to life today. The part of Dale's sermon that I especially loved was when he asked the question, where do you find grace? And reminded us that it was when Onesimus was in trouble, on the run, and desperate about his life that he came to faith. The Bible is full of stories of people like Onesimus, whose lives were transformed by God's grace. As Dale said, even when we are a mess, God's grace finds us where we are, accepts us for who we are yet transforms us into who Christ is. For this week, I'd like to spend some time on the book of Judges, another book that we don't preach about very often, and focus on another person who was found by God and had his life transformed. Though we don't preach on the book of Judges very often, the book has several stories that you do hear a lot, usually in Sunday school, like the story of Samson and the story of Gideon. The Bible story the kids are learning about today is the story of Gideon from this book of Judges, so I thought it would be fun for our big church to learn some of what our little church is learning. As a side note, since I'm borrowing this Sunday's lesson from part of the curriculum from Children's Ministries, I wanted to give a shout out to our excellent Children and Youth Ministries departments and to our very committed leaders, Darcy and Corey and our wonderful volunteers. One of the things that I treasure as a parent with two kids in our programs is the amount of time that the leaders and volunteers take to get to know each individual child and youth in the program. The leaders and volunteers embody a message of God's love to our children while sharing God's word with them. For example, all this month, our kindergartners through sixth graders are learning about confidence. And the way our curriculum defines having confidence is having confidence means learning to see ourselves as God sees us. Learning to see ourselves as God sees us is having confidence. That is trusting that God made us, God knows us, God loves us, and God changes us for the better when we let God into our lives. In a moment, we will hear two scripture readings. The first is from Psalm 139. The words of this psalm remind us that we can have confidence because God created us, knows us, comes to us wherever we are for the duration of our lives. Our second scripture reading is from the book of Judges and is the account of how the Israelites were having a tough time of it and God called on Gideon, a very young man without any power to lead the Israelites. Before we hear the scripture reading, let's have some background on the book of Judges to put it into context. You'll remember that Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt into freedom in the wilderness, but Moses wasn't able to cross over into the promised land. Joshua, Moses' successor, led the people from the wilderness into the promised land. The book of Joshua gives us the story of Israel united in worship of God alone under the leadership of Joshua. The book of Judges tells us the story of what happens after Joshua died, as the Israelites lived in the Promised Land. 
In Judges, we see that Israel failed to live up to their promise to love God alone and began worshiping other gods, refusing to come to one another's assistance, and fell into intertribal warfare. This was a time when there was no king in Israel, and there is a cycle in the book of Judges where the Israelites do things that are evil in the sight of the Lord. They are then divinely punished. The Israelites eventually repent and are delivered from their punishment by local heroes. The word judge in the book of Judges refers to these heroes. A judge in the Bible is a charismatic leader rather than a magistrate, usually a military leader, who was raised up to the highest level of tribal authority in a time of emergency. These women and men were called to lead because of their abilities rather than their history or family status. One of these judges is Gideon, whose story we will hear today. Gideon was a nobody from an insignificant tribe who was raised up by God to be a savior to his people. There are many ways to read the book of Judges and the story of Gideon, and many issues in the book and with the book and morals that we might discuss. But for today, we will take our cue from the lesson the children are receiving and look at the story of Gideon through the lens of confidence. As we hear the two scriptures read, and as you listen to Psalm 139, listen for how God created each of us individually and is with us wherever we are. In the reading from Judges, try to notice how Gideon sees himself versus how God sees Gideon. The scripture reading tells the beginning of the story just for the sake of our limited time, and I'll summarize the rest of the story in a minute. Let's listen as the scriptures are read. As we prepare to hear the scriptures read, we pray. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and also do it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading comes from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 16, Common English Bible Translation. Lord, You have examined me. You know me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. Even from far away you comprehend my plans. You study my traveling and resting. You are thoroughly familiar with all my ways. There isn't a word on my tongue, Lord, that you don't already know completely. You surround me front and back. You put your hand on me. That kind of knowledge is too much for me. It's so high above me that I can't reach it. Where could I go to get away from your spirit? Where could I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean, even there, your hand would guide me. Even there, your strong hand would hold me tight. If I said, the darkness will definitely hide me, the light will become night around me, even then, 
the darkness isn't too dark for you. Nighttime would shine bright as day because darkness is the same as light to you. You are the one who created my innermost parts. You knit me together while I was still in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you that I was marvelously set apart. Your works are wonderful. I know that very well. My bones weren't hidden from you. When I was being put together in a secret place, when I was being woven together in the deep parts of the earth, your eyes saw my embryo, and on your scroll every day was written what was being formed for me before any one of them had yet happened. Our second reading comes from the book of Judges, chapter 6, verses 1 through 16. The Israelites did things that the Lord saw as evil, and the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The power of the Midianites prevailed over Israel, and because of the Midianites, the Israelites used crevices and caves in the mountains as hidden strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted seeds, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other Easterners would invade. They would set up camp against the Israelites and destroy the land's crops as far as Gaza, leaving nothing to keep Israel alive, not even sheep, oxen, or donkeys. They would invade with their herds and tents, coming like a swarm of locusts so that no one could count them or their camels. They came into the land to destroy it. So Israel became very weak on account of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. This time, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent them a prophet who said to them, The Lord, Israel's God, proclaims, I myself brought you up from Egypt and I led you out of the house of slavery. I delivered you from the power of the Egyptians and from the power of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but you have not obeyed me. Then the Lord's messenger came and sat under the oak at Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abazirite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The Lord's messenger appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Gideon replied to him, With all due respect, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his amazing works that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Didn't the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and allowed Midian to overpower us. Then the Lord turned to him and said, You have strength, so go and rescue Israel from the power of Midian. Am I not personally sending you? 
But again Gideon said to him, With all due respect, my lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my household. The Lord replied, Because I'm with you, you will defeat the Midianites as if they were just one person. May God bless the reading of the word. Think of a time when you felt unsure of yourself or lacked confidence. What did that feel like for you? In the scripture reading, Gideon appears to be feeling this way. He's definitely lacking in confidence. A messenger from God came to Gideon and told him that the Lord saw him as a strong and mighty warrior. And Gideon practically looked over his shoulder like, who, me? If we were to read the rest of the Bible story, we would see that after Gideon hears that God is calling him to be a warrior for his people, Gideon had trouble believing the message and asked the messenger for a sign from God to make sure that God was really promising these things. God gave Gideon the sign by sending fire to burn some bread and meat. Then the Midianites and Amalekites gathered to attack, and Gideon blew a trumpet for the Israelites to follow him. But as the army gathered, Gideon asked God for another sign to make sure God was with him. Gideon put a piece of wool out, and he said that if the dew made the wool wet, but the ground stayed dry, then he would know that God had chosen him. And that's exactly what happened. But Gideon still wasn't convinced. He put the wool out again. This time he asked God to make the wool dry, but the ground around it was wet with dew. Sure enough, God made it happen. At last, Gideon was convinced that God wanted to use him to save his people. Sometime later, Gideon camped with 32,000 men at the spring of Herod. They were preparing for battle, but Gideon told, God told Gideon that he had too many men. If the Israelites won the battle with that many soldiers, they would think that it was because they were so powerful, instead of remembering that God was in control. God told Gideon to announce that any soldiers who trembled with fear should go back home. 22,000 men went home, leaving 10,000 men to fight. But God told Gideon there were still too many. God told Gideon to take the men to the water and have them take a drink. If any of them got down on their knees to drink, Gideon should send them home. Sure enough, that's what some of them did. Gideon told the men who had gotten down on their knees to drink that they should go home. This left only 300 men. Can you imagine? They started with 32,000 men in their army and ended with only 300. That night, Gideon's, God spoke to Gideon again, and Gideon saw the fires in the Midianite camp. God told him to go down and listen to what they said. Gideon did, and he heard one of the Midianites talking about a dream he'd had that showed that the Israelites would defeat them. God stopped, or Gideon stopped to worship God. Then he went back to the Israelite camp. He gave each of his soldiers a trumpet and a jar with a torch inside, and he gave them instructions to follow his lead. They surrounded the Midianite camp. Gideon and his men blew their trumpets and smashed their jars and so that their torches shone bright. The soldiers shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. The Midianites panicked and got confused. They fought each other and ran away. 
Gideon and the Israelites had won the battle. The Israelites were so impressed with Gideon that they begged him to be their king. But Gideon said that they already had a ruler, and that was God. At first, Gideon would have seemed like an unlikely person to lead God's army. He was afraid. He didn't think he could do the job. But in the end, Gideon decided to trust God's vision for him. He decided to follow what God asked him to do. Because of that, God used him to lead the Israelites to victory. As I said before, this is the story the children are learning today. And stories like Gideon's work well for children's ministries because, well, first of all, they're very exciting, like an action movie, but also because it is easy for children to relate to the idea of feeling small or unimportant, like Gideon does at first. Of course, this feeling small isn't limited to children. We all have experienced a time when we didn't feel up to a task we had to do or moments of self-doubt. Having confidence is learning to see ourselves the way that God sees us. Gideon saw himself as an insignificant person from an insignificant tribe, but God saw him as a strong and mighty warrior who would deliver his people. As Gideon began to trust God's vision and plan, Gideon was able to have confidence in himself as a leader to accomplish God's purposes for himself and his community. Part of our call as faithful Christians is to trust that even when we are, a we are a mess, God's grace finds us where we are and accepts us for who we are and that God has a purpose for our lives. In terms of Gideon, I especially want to note three things. First, that God didn't come to Gideon after he had racked up a lot of achievements and was an amazing military leader. God came to Gideon when Gideon was kind of a nobody. God saw Gideon as a somebody all along. And you may have noticed that Gideon really tested God. He had his doubts before he really felt faith in God and God's plan. But God stayed with him anyway. God's relationship with Gideon was not something Gideon had to earn by being a champion or even a super strong believer at first. God was with him all along. Unlike Gideon, we have the benefit of being able to read further ahead in the story of the Bible to see how Jesus embodies God's love and forgiveness for all people. Today, we live in a very achievement-oriented and competitive society, and the Bible shows us that we don't have to earn our way with God. God created us, knows us, loves us, and we can have confidence in that. Second, I want to note that while Gideon is a hero in the story, he is not the hero. Gideon is only able to become a hero because God is with him. So God is the real hero. Gideon grew into his full potential and his life was transformed when he began to see himself as God saw him and God was able to use Gideon. Jesus summed it up best that God should be the hero in all our stories when he said that the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Just as it was true for Gideon, it is true for us. We will be transformed when we have confidence that God loves us and made each of us for a purpose. Last, I want to note that Gideon's purpose in life was leading his army to victory so that his people could be free from invaders. 
God lifted Gideon up so that Gideon's work would benefit the whole community community of people. Gideon's leadership was not in a vacuum. He was lifted up so that he might lift others. The Bible message is consistent in saying that we are meant to live in a way that cares for our whole community. Jesus himself summed up this biblical point by saying that the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. The story of Gideon is not one just for kids in Sunday school. This timeless scripture has something to say to us all. When the messenger from God came to Gideon, Gideon struggled to see himself the way that God saw him. But when Gideon began to trust in God's message, he was transformed, and he was able to transform the lives of his people. As Christians, God's message comes to us in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Christ, our Emmanuel, our God with us, meets us where we are and accepts us for who we are. In Christ, we are forgiven and made free. And when we accept the good news of God's message by grace through faith, God begins to transform us to be more like Christ. May we be ever thankful for God's grace in our lives. Amen.